bottle Still none of my friends have left me yet I'm the same man I was since the age of 13 And I've lived my life with no regrets If you're looking for some freedom All it takes is ten drinks minimum If you're looking for right Welcome to the show. It's Ten Drink Minimum. It's Sunday night. It's the last party of the weekend. And we got a full house today. Man, Holly's here. Hello. Smiley is here. Hey, I'm actually here. Hey, and Ray is here. Ray and Holly are here. They weren't here last week. Yes. Yeah. And then on today's show... We have writer Ashley M. Bigger. She wrote this new book, Albuquerque, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. Um, you've actually written, like, this This is your second or third book about Albuquerque? Um, it depends on how you count. So my first book, 100 Things to Do in Albuquerque Before You Die, is now in its second edition, which I guess still technically counts as one book. But yeah. I touched every word in that second edition, so I like to count it as another book. Oh, I would. <laughs> so Secret I would. Albuquerque, I will count as my third. How, how much did in this in that book, did, like how much did you just sit there and go, you know, like once it went to printing, a bunch of new things came out and you're like, okay, we got to add a bunch more stuff. Totally. It had been out for two years when I got to update it. And so I swapped out 17 of the items and oh, put updates and all the others. So you're like, you, yeah, you got to listen to Tendrick Minimum podcast. 101. <laughs> there you go. Yes, exactly. Well, every time I sign a book, I sign it with like one of the outtakes that didn't make it into the book. So yeah. I'll have to add that to my list. There you go. There you go. Maybe. Didn't make it. It's got to make it in the book. It did make it. So, um, are you, so are you from? Like, are you from here? Is that, or are you, are you yes. you're transplanted? So you're I'm born, a- born and raised to Albuquerque. Yes. Born and raised in Albuquerque. Nice. Wow. So what made you, so you've written for USA Today. Um, I see Albuquerque, the magazine, um, just to name a few CNN, it looks like you contributed to them. So what, yeah. what made you decide just like, I'm going to write, you know, two books about Albuquerque. <laughs> Well, um, so after graduate school, I came back to New Mexico and I was actually an associate editor at New Mexico magazine for about five years. And that really helped me fall in love with New Mexico all over again and made me a supreme New Mexico nerd. Um, And so I started doing a lot of travel writing about New Mexico and about Albuquerque in particular. So it was because of my clips in national publications that the publisher initially approached me about doing the 100 Things book and then um, the follow-up book, Secret Albuquerque, which although it's not really a sequel, it kind of is in a lot of ways because it was that second layer, that peeling back of more like weird and wonderful things about Albuquerque. Um, So I was flipping, you know, I've kind of, you sent the book to me and I've been looking through it and uh, like, this is kind of like the perfect book for someone like me. And I was talking to somebody about it. And I was like, you know what? You know what this book is good for? It's like it's like that book like you have in the bathroom. <laughs> and so you can <laughs> you can kind of like because like every I, every take that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. every two pages is a different story. And it's not like one like you don't have to like sit there and read like cover to cover. Like I could like flip through the middle and I, you know, and, and then I'm like, 
oh, there's a, there's a story right there. And I read those two pages and then the next page is, you know, is another story. You know, it's yeah, like, it's exactly. like, oh, cool. It's the story about the, the, the lumberjack guy that's, you know, in the international district. Um, so that's I thought. I th- definitely a lot of light bites. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you could just kind of like pick it up, you know, read a story, put it down, come back, read another story. I mean, did you mean for it to be like that? I mean, I definitely wanted to include a lot of items. So the book has 90 different items. Um, So for it to include that much material, each of the stories has to be pretty short and digestible. Um, But I really tried to, even in those items where, you know, as as an Albuquerquean, whether you're a native or a transplant, you might have heard of those things. But I always tried to include a few more details Mm -hmm. that might kind of surprise you. Um, For example, like... I love the story of the tumbleweed snowman. You know, we see him every year, but I told a little bit about how he gets there. And one of the details that I loved about that is there's a guy from the Albuquerque Metropolitan Arroyo Flood Control Authority, um, say that five times fast. Um, And his mother-in-law knits the snowman a scarf every year. So he gets a new scarf every year. So I just love that like random little detail that I unearthed and was able to kind of shed new light on this um you know this kind of albuquerque landmark that pops up every christmas season so while uh researching the book i it looks like this uh secret or this line of secret books they do it in a lot of other cities how much freedom Mm -hmm. did you have to uh put your own spin on this or were you kind of given these guidelines and this format that you needed to follow so that you could then plug in you know the, the history of albuquerque into that like how much freedom did you have with this book So you're right. The secret books do have titles for all across the country from coast to coast. Um, And other than kind of giving me the format of like, you know, you need this kind of a headline and then it has a question and it's this many words. um, I had complete freedom over what items I chose to put in the book. They didn't have any input about that. Well, it's it's kind of interesting because there's a couple of items like that you that you did touch in on them that I actually have like, you know, and we talked about one of them very briefly yeah. that I have actually extra, uh, information. Um, and you know, and I have no, you know, I, you know, it's just all word of mouth. But I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of stories are like that. So one sure. of them is like the, the Atlas, what is it called? Atlas, uh, the Atlas one, Atlas one. So you put a photo in there of like from very far away. Would they not let you get close to that or? No, they would not let me get close to that to so take a better picture. I, I've, but been, I've been pretty can, close to you it. You can see it from the foothills. It's yes. kind of funny because they pretend like a lot of these things aren't there. And it's right. like, but I can see them. Right. And uh, <laughs> I, I've, been up, I've been up close to it. So you, and what you wrote about it is very is, is 100% true. So Atlas One is this large wooden, mostly wooden structure that would hold an airplane. Right. And they fired EMPs at it, and that's why it had to be mostly wooden. And you wrote you wrote all that, and it's 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 perfect. The one thing that's missing is why it's still there, because they wanted to tear it down. And there, and why did they leave it? There is an owl that has uh, nested there that is is uh, on the extinct list, <laughs> so oh, they cannot yeah. so they cannot tear it down. And there are signs. Awesome. I, so I work on the base, and there's signs that that say beware of owls. Because they will swoop at you, and it's over by the Atlas One, and it's kind of it's it's pretty impressive structure in itself. That it's like this large wooden structure with no. I mean, if they had nails in it and they shot an EMP at it, it would, you know, rip the nails out. So, I I don't know how they built it, but that's pretty cool. And then the other one was oh. yeah. Go ahead. 
I love that. The owl's like, look at my McMansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's there's nothing around it. So the owl was just like, well, this is high up. Cool. You know, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's you know, but it's really cool. It's it's a it's massive. And like I remember when I first you know started going on base, I was like, what the hell is that thing? You know, because it's just large. You know, and everybody like knows about it. And and then and then literally everyone talks. You know, they'll be all yeah, they can't tear it down because there's owls. <laughs> You're like, oh, all right. And then there's and there's big signs that say beware of beware of owls, swooping owls. Um, and then the other one was is like the the the, and I didn't know the story that you knew about the, 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 the market on Broadway and Cole. So, yeah. Go, yeah. Go ahead. So, so Vivian Vance, um, who is very famous from, um, of Lucy and Ethel fame. Yeah. Um, she's not from Albuquerque, but her family moved right. here when she was a teenager and they lived in the Broadway market building and their family ran the market. Um, but Vivian, as the budding actress that she was, started acting in local Albuquerque productions, including at the Albuquerque Little Theater. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the, the story I told about the Broadway market yeah. building. But then you had a more current history yeah. edition. So, uh, so where her family lived upstairs, there's apartment. They're now apartments. And uh, James Mercer from The Shins wrote the uh, Oh, Inverted World first record in one of those apartments in a bathroom, in the bathroom on a four track. And he grew weed in his uh, in his closet to to sustain his you know livelihood, <laughs> and that's the actual <laughs> record you hear. They didn't redo that record, like they went Sub Pop bought the record as as is. They didn't go re-record it. So when you hear Oh Inverted World, it was recorded in the bathroom in a four track in that that same. And I had I had no idea about the Vivian Vancing. That kind of was really cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So budding artists go live in that building, right? It has the magic touch. And it was up for, like, there was apartments up for rent recently, and I was moving, and I was like, oh, man, I should move there. But then they're they're not very nice. I don't, you know. I I would imagine. So how much research goes into this? I mean, do you, was it, you know, a couple of years, or was it? So I worked on this book for about a year. Okay. And um, I, I was kind of like finding new items as I went. So one mm-hmm. neat thing about the book is everybody that I interviewed for the book, I asked them like, what is something else like weird and wacky that you've heard about Albuquerque that I should yeah. include in this book? Um, so one of the items that I got sort of a referral on um, was the glass gardens, yeah. which is like a three acre area in mm-hmm. the bosque that's now part of Albuquerque open space. Yeah. And it was formerly a city dump, right. kind of an informal dump um, from about 1930 mid late 1930s to early 1940s before Albuquerque had municipal garbage pickup and so all of the items the trash items that were there have either disintegrated or buried but there's just acres of glass left on the surface of the ground Um, and so it's kind of like a little mini archaeological site because you can go and see bottles and dishware and you know china from the 1940s and so it's a really interesting site and just this kind of you know landmark because now we treat the bosque so differently it's so revered and protected but then it was just dump your trash in the water yeah (laughs) yeah yeah let's see a lot of this too it's like the way i would look at this book is the way i look at albuquerque like for me you have you definitely have people who have grown up here and they think Albuquerque sucks and they think it's boring and they want to move. I want to get out of Albuquerque. There's too much crime, blah, blah, blah. But then on the flip of it, you have people like me. I, I'm not from here. I moved here 13 years ago. 
and I love it. And I love finding all the little cool, you know, you know, niche things. And that's what this book is. It's like going through and it's like, you're like, okay, yeah, I know about that. I know about that. Cause there, you know, whenever someone tells me, you know, there's nothing to do in Albuquerque, I laugh at them. And I had a friend that did that. And then I invited her to everything. And now she told me that like her Facebook, like, well, before the, you know, all the pandemic, all that, that like all her Facebook invite, she gets invited to all kinds of things. And it's just like, a, like she got thrown into a pipeline of just total craziness. And I feel this book kind of can conveys that, you know, it's, it's like that. There's always I definitely, for sure. I hear that all the time when I'm talking to people about the hundred things book and now mm. this book, secret Albuquerque. Um, I hear there's nothing to do in Albuquerque. Right. And also from a lot of the people who've lived here their entire lives, like I've done everything there is to do. And then they pick up the books and start flipping and they're like, Oh, I haven't done half of these things or I didn't know right. half of these things. Right. Um, Cause I think, you know, we just get used to our routines and our daily lives and we, don't seek out these no. kinds of things and get good reminders of all the like wacky, wonderful stuff. And I, I'm with you. I never have enough time to do all the things oh, right. that I yeah. want to do in Albuquerque. Um, I think my husband gets exhausted with all the things that I'm like, come on, let's go do this. Um, so I definitely am with you on that. It, yeah. And I mean, you don't even, I mean, you're not even touching on like just the food here. You're just touching on just like, you know, crazy weird things that, you know, we all take for granted and drive by probably most of the time and then, you know, not even notice or know the history of, and, you know, I like that you did some, some on the roller derby and, you know, it's kind of, it's crazy. I mean, how many things did you have to leave out of this book? That was my question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this book definitely has some outtakes too. And actually um, next week I'm going to start sharing some of those. So if anybody has the book and writes a review, I'm going to send them three extra things that didn't make make it into the book. Okay. You're not going to save those for like the second edition? (laughs) They may appear in the second edition. We'll have to see. That's pretty cool. This, this, This town changes so quickly. You never know, right? Oh, exactly. There will definitely be plenty of fodder for that second edition when it comes along. Yeah. Um, so I, I imagine that the further you dig and the more and more information you start, like you start getting piled up with it. Was there anything that really like spoke to you that you couldn't put in the book? Because it, it seems like it is like a line of book that probably caters to a specific audience where something may be a little too edgy or just yeah. not fit for a casual reader. Is there anything that you wish you could have put in that would not have worked for it? So there wasn't anything that I felt like I haven't. Well, that's not true. Um, I did f- have a few things that were about sort of mass murders or you know big time crimes that appeared and that happened in albuquerque and i made an editorial choice not to include Mm -hmm. those kinds of items um because i felt like there are other sources that you could go to if you wanted to find out about those things and um i do try to keep the books overall in a positive light and that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean i'm like ignoring important parts of albuquerque's history you know i'm talking about red line laws and Jim Crow era rules that were, you know, down, downright offensive and racist. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not ignoring those parts of Albuquerque's history, but I, I try to keep it overall 
interesting and positive because right. they're just as a counterpoint to all the other things that we hear about Albuquerque. So I did choose not to put in, you know, those kinds of items in the book. Mm. There, there seems to be, so I lived, I live uh, downtown, like the, where I'm sitting now, like I'm literally right in the middle. Um, and there's, and so there's a lot of like, if you're reading this book, there's a lot of things like really close to downtown. Mm-hmm. And I mean, did you find that that was just, um, you know, there was a lot more stuff that was weird down here or, you know, <laughs> well, I think in old town and, um, downtown, you know, those are the areas where the city really started yeah. and started really flourished. And so there are a lot, a lot of items. People. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of items down in that neck of the woods that have a lot more of the hidden histories and the places that we walk by all the time um, that we don't really know that much about. For Mm -hmm. example, this is a little bit outside of downtown, but this is an example. Um, You know, I included the Albuquerque Press Club and the Whittlesley House in the book because growing up in Albuquerque, um, Smiley, you might have had this experience, too, of like driving by this log cabin on a hill in the middle of Albuquerque (laughs) and you're like, what the hell? How did that get there? Like, what is the story of this random house? And so I wanted to tell the story of that random house. Um, So if people aren't familiar, I'll just summarize it briefly. So it was essentially the house of one of the architects on the Santa Fe Railway. And he was able to build this log style cabin because he had access to the railway. And so he could have these enormous logs, you know, carted in from parts unknown in order to build this house. And he had the house built there because he was overseeing the construction of the Alvarado hotel. So he wanted to literally be able to look out his windows and be able to monitor the construction site from his home. Oh. And so, just yeah, just <laughs> your convenience. And he had access to the materials and he was from the East coast. So he preferred this sort of, you know, different architectural style. And so that's how we ended up with a log cabin there. And um, it's had a lot of different owners over the years. Um, One of the owners was actually a nurse from the um, railway hospital that is Mm -hmm. now the Park Central Hotel. So she had a very short commute to work every day. Um, Later, it was owned by a fraternity. That was not, you know, its most historically preserved days. (laughs) They did a lot of weird stuff (laughs) to to that building. Um, And then now it's owned, well, overseen by the Albuquerque Press Club, um, which is a private membership club that has both members of the press and not um, that kind of take care of this little oddity in Albuquerque architecture. Uh, I was on the board and Holly worked there. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, There was also a time where there was a hippie commune living there. Yes, Uh, I skipped over that part, but that was also a great part of its history. And some of those people would come in. Some of those people are still members um, at the press club and their stories Mm -hmm. were insane. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. So did you get like, uh, did a lot of people say, hey, you got to put this in the book? Like, and they would just point out like something that was just overwhelming to you. And you're like, okay, I guess I better put that in the book. Um, probably a lot of people said, you know, a lot of people know about it, but it would be an oversight not to include the spy house. Oh, okay. Um, so that was an item that a lot of people pointed to. And then also Microsoft's first office. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah which a lot of people know about that little bit of trivia, but um, 
at least if you're local, but outsiders yeah. might not the know way, about that little I, piece of it. I know very little. I guess, you know, Jeff Bezos lived here, too. And I guess like Amazon, but yeah. I, don't, I don't really know the the story behind that one. The Microsoft one I've heard many times, and you know people always get. I guess uh, from what the, the stories I've heard, which you know it's all you know telephone at this point, uh, is that like they were they were kind of get, they would get in trouble a lot. The Microsoft people, they were kind of yeah, rabble heard, rousers. <laughs> for sure, I heard. Um, I've heard some stories. Of course, Bill Gates has his famous mugshot um, from when he got arrested here. Now, those were for traffic violations. He actually got arrested twice, um, both times for like speeding and running stop signs. Um, So they were traffic violations. But I've heard they got up to some other trouble, too. Yeah, that's what I would hear. They said the police would like they they got tired of the police harass them, something like that. And they were just like, yeah, we're moving. (laughs) I don't know if that's why they fully moved, but. Well, I think they also wanted to move um, just to be back because they grew up in the Seattle area in Bellevue. Yeah. Um, so I think they wanted to just head back home. Um, and I think it was the there was something about like the business arrangements in Seattle were more attractive to them at the time. So it was probably a lot of factors. Yeah. You can't you can't get the good seafood here, Chris. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No. So. I have a question. So I don't. I don't really see anything from from Rio Rancho in here. Is there? Was that was that a artistic choice or was it? You know. I mean, it was not an obvious. It was not to purposely leave out Rio Rancho, but I didn't find anything in that neck of the woods. You're like, um, where can you get a Blake's Lotta Burger <laughs> on the west side? Where yeah. can you go to a Walgreens? I'm just kidding. Yeah. We get Holly. Holly lives. Holly lives in Rio Rancho. We give her. We give her crap about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so growing up as a as an Albuquerquean, and this is a conversation I had yesterday. How would you describe someone from Albuquerque to someone who is not from the state? Mm. Ooh, that's an interesting question. And someone someone answered it really well because there was a guy. So I was having a conversation. There was a guy who just moved here from Denver, and we were having a business meeting, and he was talking about expanding outside of New Mexico from a business that was starting here. <laughs> so that was the context. I mean, first of all, I'm not someone that mm-hmm. describes people in broad strokes right. ever. Cause you I think that's know. a dangerous path sure. to go down. Cause that is um, not really a thing that's ever worked well <laughs> for me. Yeah. Cause there are always exceptions to the rule. I mean, I tend to think that I'm not very Albuquerquean in a lot of ways. Um, but I do know a lot of people that have lived here their entire lives or grew up here, have gone other places for school or work or whatever and come back. And I think what is true of this place is that you can do anything you want. There's a lot of freedom to be had here. But if you want it to happen, you have to make it happen because mm-hmm. there's – not a lot of resources and um so people that i i think people tend to be more of self-starters and you know if they want to have that gallery show they find a gallery start a Mm -hmm. gallery and then have gallery show um so people tend to be a lot more independent and a lot um sort of scrappier that's a good word they're from here that's a good word um well the thing that the reason why i asked that is because like we were having a conversation with you know we're you know there's the thing that's in the works, I can't really talk about what it is exactly yet, but um, it's in the works. And the guy was like, "Well, well, you know, 
once we get this up and running and it's scalable, you know, we'll we'll open this up in Las Cruces and blah. And then he's like, and then in Texas, and then in blah blah. And everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're like, the thing about New Mexico is, is we're very proud of the things that we have. And then if you build it and it's successful, and then you like start moving it to the states, they get people get really upset about it. And it, we we really enjoy having things that no one else has because we don't have a lot of that. You know, um, like when Meow Wolf, for example, like we're gonna go to yeah. Las Vegas and whoa, DC, and everybody was like, oh, like no. And <laughs> and and he the per, the guy was like, oh, I, okay, I had no idea. And and it's like people get really hurt. Like they really hurt because we're really proud of the things that we have that. You know, like we're really proud of green chili, whether you like it or not. You're really proud of it. And like when Colorado's like, oh, we have the best green chili. We're like, you know, what? we're going to burn your whole state down. Sorry. Yeah. We're just going <laughs> to burn it all down. Launchers. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it, seeing someone write, write books like where, you know, Secret Albuquerque, uh, you know, you're like, can I be in your show? Absolutely. Because, you know, we live here and we're excited about it. Um, so do you find that there's enough? Like that you like, do you feel like this book covered everything you wanted to cover, or you you know, do you feel like there's a lot more that you can do? That like you could write a whole nother book. Well, first, I just want to definitely echo what you said. I think um, New Mexicans were very very proud in uh, college. I would get teased a lot because my favorite line was like, "They're from Albuquerque, you know," because I just felt like I needed to like defend our state and so somebody would mention you know the shins or doogie hauser or you know neil patrick harris or jesse ferguson or i would just like have to insert it i couldn't help myself it's like a reflex Mm -hmm. um to try to be proud of this place um but i definitely feel like there is there are more items that i could write about that are of this vein for secret albuquerque right well like when people don't understand like i was in dallas texas for a uh wedding the night that Holly Holm won the world title. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, you know, spraying beer all over the place and going nuts. And everybody's like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, you don't understand. We don't have a we don't have a professional sports team. We don't have a football team. This is the Super Bowl to us, you know. She won the world heavyweight title from Ronda Rousey. She knocked, you know, that was like, you know. And then I remember, like, going to the – when she came back and had the belt in Civic Plaza, there's thousands of people coming. And you had a parade? Parade, everything, you know? Yeah. And they don't, they, people don't get that. It's like, you know, that that's ours. She brought that back to us. And so that's why, like, something like this, where it's like, you come to our city, this, this is a good thing to buy. Like, if you're a traveler here, buy this. Go see these things, you know? And there, there's some really, one of the, like, one of the places that you point out, is the nuclear museum. And I think mm-hmm. the nuclear museum is amazing. And I feel like people from Albuquerque have no idea it exists and have ever been. And, and I think it's fantastic. You know? So I was um, doing silent disco yoga at the nuclear museum, <laughs> which silent disco yoga is another of the items in the book. Um, so it was a great collision of those two things. But um, during the yoga class, there were probably almost 50 people there. Yeah. And the instructors had everybody raise their hand and say who hasn't been here before and nearly every hand went up in the room and i was like this is crazy like go out and do the things in your city and discover you know the incredible artifacts that they have at that museum that are just so um 
important to our history, not, you know, in the nation and in Albuquerque. And it's a Smithsonian affiliated museum. So that's something to really be proud of. Yeah. Um, like they, so, have, they have replicas of Fat Man and Little Boy, like full size. They do. And they have the flag that flew over the Trinity site yeah. on the day of the te- first test. Um, they also, in, featured mm. in Albuquerque, they have Oppenheimer's limo that they had yeah. uh, specially yep. designed and retrofitted. And he drove down to the Trinity test site. Um, and also that they recovered from a Gallup salvage yard <laughs> and fully restored. Um, so they were able to save that piece. And then another item featured in the book are the broken arrows. And yeah, so this is that was this that was is, a trip. Right. This is one of those things that um, I had wanted to kind of mention in 100 Things to Do in Albuquerque Before You Die. But given the nature of it, I was like, I probably shouldn't talk about that. But it was perfect fodder for this book. So the broken arrows are um, nuclear incidents that don't lead to the threat of nuclear war. So they're essentially accidents that happen with the nuclear weapons. So in the in the nuclear museum, they display two broken arrows from incident in Palomares, Spain. But Albuquerque actually had a broken arrow incident in 1957, and they were flying a nuclear weapon from um, Biggs Air Force Base based in Texas to Kirtland, and they hit some turbulence over Albuquerque, which being a frequent flyer from Albuquerque sounds right. Um, and the one of the crewmen tried to steady himself, but he grabbed the lever for the bomb bay door to try to steady himself. And so he ended up opening the bomb bay. And so this nu- this nuclear device, luckily that didn't have the plutonium core in it, fell um, and kind of exploded in a empty field in Albuquerque. Luckily the only casualty was a couple cows that were out there grazing. But that was one of those things where it was like, Oh, we almost didn't have Albuquerque after 1957. Yeah. So you, you did you did put a couple of restaurants in here, like Abuelitas. I mean, did you find like it hard to like choose who you were going to put in? Because there's so many places that. Yeah. There's so many great restaurants that have so many amazing dishes. And I was really looking for things that would kind of turn people's heads like, oh, yeah. I didn't know there was such a thing as a taco pia, um, <laughs> which is the thing that I included from mm-hmm. Abuelitas or um, the Travis on a Silver Platter from oh. K&I Diner, um, the behemoth of all behemoth burritos, um, because the seven pound burrito certainly gets people's attention. So I definitely wanted to share about those very yeah. weird and wonderful items. The, the Travis is a, a nightmare. <laughs> so one of the former co-hosts from the show, Billy and I, and two other people. So keep in mind, people listening out there, the Travis, it's one of those like food challenges <laughs> and it's a burrito that comes on a turkey platter and it's covered in so many fries. You cannot see the burrito. And four of us ate the whole thing, and I felt like and I felt like I had a brick in my stomach for three days, and I won't. Eat, I, I, how many pounds was this? Uh, a lot. And one guy literally it's seven pounds. One guy has done it by himself. Like one dude, as far as I know. But I, I can't. I don't even know if I could ever eat there again. I have nightmares so that about that. Can successfully eat a baby like a whole baby. <laughs> right. So they have the seven pound burrito in um, Denver, I think, and uh, they they smother it and it's like a breakfast burrito. It's got a lot of potatoes. Seeing all the pictures of people there, like 
you know, you, I would expect to see pictures of people like me, but there's like people like Ashley up there just holding up the empty platter, and it's like, how did that even fit inside her? Right. And it, yeah, it, it's crazy the people that are able to finish these things. Well, the K and I, the one dude has done it. It's like yeah. one guy, and he's not. No, he's not a big dude. And four <laughs> of us ate what the one guy ate, and I felt sick for three days. Oh, Oof. not because it didn't taste the, good. They have the quarter, Travis, and that, that's still too much. Oh, they have a quarter. They have a half. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Food for one person. Man, it's crazy. But that's pretty cool. I mean, have you thought about... Okay, so this is about Albuquerque. Have you thought about doing, like, a, a, a secret New Mexico? Like, a, the whole statewide? I think there might be a similar book to that from a different publisher that's out in oh, the world. So you, got, so you might you might check on that. Somebody right. might have already um, oh, okay. pinned that one. Because they're... Them. I mean... I mean with all the alien stuff we yeah. have and Billy no. the kid, you know. yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you could call it something a little different. You'd be like the better secret book to New Mexico. <laughs> the <know>? better secret. <laughs> <laughs> so have, having access to technology, I imagine made writing or researching a lot easier. How do you think books like this were really written before like this level of access technology? Would you have been like hammering out hours in the library or would you have been like knocking on doors and hearing stories from the people that like experienced them? Well, I tried to do as much firsthand research as possible. Um, but you're right. There are some stories that just would have been lost because the people that, you know, they originated with have passed on and then it becomes secondhand knowledge. Yeah. And so I did a lot of internet research, thank goodness for a lot of um, historical articles being archived online. Um, but yes, it would have been even more difficult had I not had the sort of the technology element to lend the hand here. How often was there like a story that you wanted to do because, you know, someone had told you and you're like, cool. And then you just couldn't find, like, the factual information. It was just like, you know, lore. Like well, there there were actually quite a few of those. And there were a lot of times where information disagreed. Um, so I tried to include, you know, when, like, stories differed because the stories were just too good not to share. Um, for example, the origins of the Travis on a Silver Platter there are two different stories about how that dish came about. Oh, wow. One is that they had, you know, a family friend named Travis who came in during a busy time and um, they didn't have a hand to like fix him something. So they said, just go in the kitchen and fix whatever you want. And that's what he fixed. Um, another story is that there was a truck driver who came in and said um, he wanted everything including the kitchen sink on a plate. Wow. Um, so that's how they fixed it. So I had to just tell both of those stories because at this point, um, the woman who founded the restaurant and even her daughter have passed away. So I can't get an original source of like, wow, I didn't know that. Who, oh. what actually happened to create that dish. Wow. That is kind of crazy. Um, what was I They're say? both good stories. So yeah, whichever good. one is correct, it's a good, it's a great story. That is great. <laughs> what is the one? What is the one? You know, maybe more than one. But what is the thing like that you found out that you were just like, wow, that's actually kind of shocking. Like you were like, oh wow, I didn't know that. Even growing up here. So growing up here, I had never heard of the East End Edition, um, which is Albuquerque's first African-American or black suburb. Okay. Um, so I think in New Mexico we 
we talk a lot about our diversity, but it's a very specific kind of diversity. Um, it's all about Hispanic and uh, Latin culture diversity and Native American diversity. Right. However, um, so that black history often gets lost. Um, so even being an Albuquerqueian, I had never heard of that neighborhood. So this is a neighborhood just off of Wyoming and Lomas. Um, and it was originally platted in 1938 by Henry Outley, who um, had that land because of homesteading acres. And he had planned to create this um, subdivision for black families so that they could have the American dream of, you know, that single family home and that white picket fence and everything. Um, so that's what his vision was, but because of redlining laws in Albuquerque that didn't allow uh, black families to actually own homes, he wasn't able to build on the land at that time. And so he gave various acreages away, but most of it he deeded to his daughter, Virginia, who um, after World War II started seeing the GIs come home. And uh, of course the black GIs were not able to use their GI Bill funds to own homes as the white uh, servicemen were. And so this dream was kind of reinvigorated with her. Um, and she actually had to work with an architect out of Phoenix because nobody here in Albuquerque would work with her. Um, but they ended up building between 18 and 30 homes uh, between the late 40s and early 1960s in the East End edition. Um, and so some of those homes are still standing there today. And there's kind of a nondescript sign that um, kind of marks where the neighborhood is, but I had never heard about any of that history wow, even cool. growing up in Albuquerque. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Um, so who would you say this book is marketed towards? Like, So I definitely think it's for, you know, long time or Albuquerqueans who want to rediscover their city or transplants who want to learn about a new place or travelers who want to travel in a completely different way that takes them off the beaten path from, you know, the tram and the Indian Public Cultural Center, as fabulous as those destinations are. But this t teaches you and introduces you to a different side of Albuquerque. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What? Uh, so what's your favorite place to eat? Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um <laughs> I, for what? Like, yeah. I gotta be like, if I someone, if I'm, I'm, I just flew in from New Jersey. Oh, you just and, flew in uh, from New Jersey. I, I've never eaten here. Where are you sending me to eat at? I mean, I would send you either to someplace like Elvado or Tin Can Alley or Green Jeans so that okay. you could taste a lot of different local restaurants and kind of okay. do a little sample platter situation um, with a lot of different places. I want a but... hole in the wall. I don't want these fancy places you're sending me. What, what <laughs> hole in the wall are you sending me? A hole in the wall Yeah, place? yeah. I mean, I love like El Patio or okay. one of those kinds of places. I especially love that they have, you know, vegetarian options for the New Mexican food for this vegetarian. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, red or green chili? <laughs> it, it depends on what we're eating. Okay. I mean, like if we're having a pizza or ice cream or a burger, you gotta go green chili. <laughs> but um, do you say ice cream? Yeah. Ice cream, beer, apple and green pie. Chili beer is apple pie. Much. All right. I'm sorry, chili. and I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna say this: there is no green chili beer that is good. 
No one has made one. Really, I like, the, I like the one from Sierra Mountain. Like one? Mm. No, the one I have Sierra Mountain is good. Yeah. I haven't had that one. I'll and there's no red chili it. good one either. I don't think. Well, in my opinion, Chris doesn't it, like green chili. I don't. Guy that doesn't like green chili. Hey, I've talked to brewers, and they're like, "There's no good green chili beer." Because I guess it's really <laughs> tough to make beer with. What they were saying, but you know, I've had red chili beers that didn't like them either. Yeah, we so. we did uh, micheladas with uh, the green chili beer, and it was perfect. It was great. Okay, well, I'm talking. Nice. I'm not talking about that. Oh, so you, oh, you did. I see what you're saying. You did a red beer with. Okay, hmm. I would do that. I would do that. But so, speak of that, who makes the best beer in Albuquerque? Ooh, I'm not. Get, yeah. I'm not getting in that fight. Oh. <laughs> you, you know. that's, that's a dangerous fight. Okay, who who top five? In no particular or, or three order. in no order. Yeah, in no yeah, yeah. order or top three maybe. Well. The Marble Reserve is one of my favorite beers. Okay. So I, I'll have to put Marble on that list okay. just because of the reserve. I'd say, yeah. Okay. Um, you guys, are we getting you talk in, amongst are yourselves. Are we getting in trouble here? <laughs> are you going to be in trouble after this? Yeah. Totally going to be Well, already throwing Marble out there is a great choice. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty safe. A little, a little classic. Yeah. That's pretty safe. That's a pretty safe one. So, yeah. Ashley, one of the one of the things that really interested me is, you know, kind of I guess stepping away from the book itself. Uh, how did you find yourself on this career path? Um, you know, where did this start for you? Is this something you've always been interested in? Uh, t- I mean, tell us a little bit about your journey uh, that got you here. So. Um, I am someone who has always known that I wanted to be a journalist. I knew that from when I was five years old. Um, but my parents had some different ambitions for me. They had hoped, you know, that I would become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, as probably all parents hope that their kids will become. Um, so I didn't really pursue journalism until I was out of college and really looked at um, going to graduate school. and. So I went to graduate school at um, Arizona State University at the Walter Cronkite School there. And by that time, I knew that I also wanted to specialize in travel journalism, which is, you know, a lot of people hear about that and they're like, how did you get that job? Um, So it really started with um, when I was in high school, I was able to go to France for a week with my French class. And um, it really opened up my eyes to the world in a way that had never happened before. That was the first time I'd traveled out of the country. Um, and then again in college, I was able to study abroad in Dublin, Ireland. And I wanted to be able to share what I was able to experience in the world with people through my writing. Um, so that's kind of how journalism and traveling collided. Sure. Uh, so Chris will attest to it that the access to uh, podcasting and recording equipment Everybody and their mother seems like that they want to make a podcast and uh, there's new ones starting. And I imagine that in the journalism field, really the bigger the Internet got, everybody had access to put their information out there with blogging and just like different sites. How uh, did you make sure that your voice was heard? How did you stand out? Did you know somebody in the business already? Um, But how did you get your voice heard? 
I mean, definitely one way uh, to make sure your voice is heard is to get credentialed. And you can get credentialed through getting a master's degree like I did or getting experience um, with, you know, sort of established outlets. Um, and I did that as well. So my first job out of graduate school was at New Mexico Magazine, which is the oldest state magazine in the country, um, more than 90 years, going on 100 and um, so that was one way to really sort of validate my, my writing and establish myself in the field as well. Within the writing community, is there a lot? Oh, I mean, I guess there's toxic people in every community. But, uh, you know, as you start to build up, you start to see uh, the people that maybe have a large career in it that maybe didn't do things the right channel. They didn't get their master's. They didn't get credentialed. But yet they're selling, you know thousands and thousands of books and putting information out there. Uh, you know, is there anything that really turns you off to the community or do you feel that you guys are very accepting of each other? I mean, one of the best things about being an American is freedom of speech, but one of the trickiest things in, when it comes to journalism is freedom of speech, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's very difficult to navigate the media landscape today and to know who you should listen to and who you can trust. Right. Um, and so we talk a lot in the field of journalism because there's no, you know, profession. I mean, there are professional associations, but journalism is not a field where you have to have, um, you know, a certification like a doctor or a lawyer does mm -hmm. in order to practice. And that's the way it should be because as Americans, we have freedom of speech. However, that puts the consumer in a very tricky position. And so I would definitely say you have to look for writers, whether they, you know, have a degree like I do or not, which is not necessary to our field either, um, that follow solid journalistic practices, which includes a lot of fact checking and verification of information. Um, so in this, in the writing of this book, if I couldn't verify it through two sources, I didn't write it or I acknowledged that I didn't couldn't verify that information. Um, so that's something to look for in other people's writing. Very cool. Inter yeah, very cool. Um, so what is uh, something if someone comes here from another another state and they can only they're only here for like an hour, what, what's the thing to go see? Um, only here for an hour. Mm -hmm. I would probably point them to the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center because wow, okay. it is the only place of its kind in the United States in that the Native American Pueblos collectively own that institution. And it's one of the only places in the United States where you can go and hear about Native American history that's told from the Native American perspective. Um, we get a lot of information about uh, that history that's told by white people. And um, this is one of the only places that's told from their perspective and also in their languages, um, languages multiple. I really hate it when people treat Native American culture as though it's monolithic and it's one thing. Um, definitely not. So I think that is one of the most unique things that we have here in Albuquerque from a national perspective and really is a place you can go to really shift people's mindsets in a very short period of time. Okay. So oh, if, if I was going to drink sake, what should I start out with? 
<laughs> she wrote, hey, she wrote an article on how to drink sake. I oh. did. I had the opportunity to go um, travel I'm... in Tokyo in December, which yeah. feels like a lifetime ago <laughs> during this pandemic. Um, since we're on nine, month 47 of 2020. Um, and I was able to go drinking sake um, with a sake sommelier in oh. Tokyo, which Whoa. was a really awesome experience. These are all fancy now, words. journalistic tip. <laughs> Be yeah. careful about your sake consumption when you're trying to take notes. <laughs> it's a very difficult imagine. He was like, and taste this one, and taste this one. And I was like, mm. that's a lot of sake. So what kind of beer do you like? Uh, lighter. Okay. Um, so I would definitely go with like a low, like a, a, because sakes are also seasonal, mm -hmm. so I would go with like a newer seasonal sake, and or so in spring they also have sparkling sakes, okay. um, which would be really light and refreshing. I wouldn't, for you, I wouldn't go with like an aged sake. Do I drink it heated up or just cold? Um, for Lord. that one, you would drink it cold. All right, I'm gonna trust that. Believe. I was just picturing the hot pop quiz on sake. Oh. Yeah. Like, I've yeah, only had so sake a couple times, and I was not a huge fan, but I'm sure it was terrible yeah, well, sake. We tend we tr we tend to drink sake, you know, and it's like the house the house wine version yeah. of sake, so it's not always sure. the greatest oh, I'm like, sure, yeah. experience. Yeah. So tell people uh, as we're wrapping up here, tell people where they can find the book, um, and you know, kind of you know anything we haven't gone over that you might want to say yeah so the book is available wherever books are sold of course i would love for you to support our local independent bookstores so it's available at bookworks page one treasure house books and organic books in knob hill and you can also find it on my website at ashleyandbiggers.com i set up a little shop there since we're in the age of covid and people are yeah. shopping it's on, online it's also on more, amazon so you can find it there i don't know if you want people to it buy is it on, on amazon yeah and barnes and noble there's only 10 left you better guess better hurry 10 left is are done for so funny story about my first um book 100 things to do in albuquerque before you die people were selling signed editions on amazon for like 300 dollars. what and i was like i'm doing something wrong with my life <laughs> So okay, wait a second. But I'm not selling them for three hundred. They were selling sign books that you had signed for three hundred bucks. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you just sign some and start selling for three hundred bucks? I know. I was like, I need to be doing that. What am I doing with my time? Buying all of them and just jack up the price. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right? <laughs> yeah, just just email Amazon. So be like, get secret Albuquerque before I start charging three hundred dollars. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> wow. Dang, that's awesome. Good for you. I mean, did you, you know, did yeah, I was like, I had no idea it was so, so I don't how, know if they actually sold, but that's the price. How it, so, okay. So that brings me to another question about like this day and age when you, when you, when you write a book, it gets, you know, uh, published. I mean, is it what it used to be or is it, you know, is there definitely a decline in, in, in written, the written word on, you know, analog, like hard copy? Is that a, is that a tough thing nowadays? Well, 
so the publishing industry is really flooded with books not just from the publishing houses but from you know indie publishers and self-published authors um and that's not a bad thing and it just makes it difficult for any one book to really stand out um in that field um so it's absolutely challenging i think within the travel industry especially you know we're seeing a lot of sites sort of dominate the conversation and um like TripAdvisor, where it's all user-generated reviews, right? And so the question becomes, what value does an expert author offer yeah. above those reviews? And, and, um, and then, like, sometimes it's like, who's, how are they an expert, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, so you really have to be sort of a savvy consumer and, you know, look at somebody's background and all the things that they've written and, you know, for example, the fact that I've lived in Albuquerque a, a large majority of my life, not the whole thing, because I went away to um, college and graduate school. But yeah. um, you had to learn. You, know, you, you had, had to learn to, that you missed it. Right. Exactly. You know, as a high schooler, I was couldn't. I was like, "Get me out of here as fast as possible." And I had all those feelings too of like, "This is a terrible place." Um, but it took going somewhere else and experiencing something else um, and traveling to see what I was missing in New Mexico. Oh wow. What is something that no longer exists here that you miss? Ooh, good question, Chris. Um, so speaking of hole-in-the-wall restaurants, my favorite hole-in-the-wall restaurant, it was Eli's for a while, and then it was Sophia's for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they had my favorite breakfast burrito, yeah. and I'm even, like, salivating a little bit <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> so that was that's definitely a place I miss. Awesome. Well, yeah, the book is uh, Secret Albuquerque, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. Um, Ashley and Biggers, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, anything else you want to plug? I mean, you have, an, you have another book. Uh, uh, what is it? I don't know if it's a book. It's Eco. Sorry, I can't Yeah, so Eco Travel New Mexico yeah. is about sustainable travel in New Mexico. So it covers the entire state, and it's all about green hotels, farm to table restaurants, um, and places where you can go and experience the beautiful landscapes that we have in New Mexico. I'm going to get that, um, hundred things to do before you die and have you sign it. So, you know, so I can keep it. So, so you can sell it. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Holly, what do you have to promote? Um, I just have to promote my Instagram cause it's COVID and I have no shows right now. Uh, so my Instagram is Hollybird Comedy, um, and also buy this lady's book. Yeah, it's, absolutely, it's cool. You guys are very cool. kind. Thank yeah. you so much for having me, Smiley. What do you What do you got? What do you got going on? Um, as per usual, if you uh, you're into tr- streaming right now, uh, you can look for me on the uh, second season of Midnight Texas on Hulu or on NBC. And uh, if you want to play like fun and games, where Smiley at? You can see me on Daybreak on Netflix. Yeah. Ray, what do you got? Cool. Well, I, uh, I'm pretty much on every social media platform except for Facebook. 
I'm very glad to not be on there. But um, I uh, was talking to a friend recently, and I guess I didn't let a lot of people know that I was on uh, Netflix a while back as well. Uh, so if people are streaming, they can uh, check out Travels with My Father, uh, see me, Season 3, Episode 1. Yeah. I had a pretty good segment there where I got to uh, wrestle Jack Whitehall. Oh, yeah. so. uh, Ray is a former pro wrestler. And then Holly, yeah. Holly Ann is a comedian. I don't know if you knew else. And then Smiley does uh, background work. So sorry to bring that up at the, at the end. Um, and then me, I'm a podcaster. So also I'm a content creator. If you, uh, it, I, I, have a, I have a YouTube channel called Maydow Media where I've been making all kinds of videos and stuff. So, And I'm going to tease for the second hour. Um, I'm going to play one during the break. And I'm going to tease for the second hour uh, something that, you know, I have a big conversation. So, um, Ashley, thank you for coming on the show. It's been it's been a pleasure. Um, I look forward to getting your other books and reading those because I've it was since you, you know, since I got this one, I've been looking through it all week. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. yeah. And we do our show every. Oh, yeah. We do our show every Sunday night, 68 p.m uh com. we're on facebook we're on instagram all the cool places and we definitely do the show and drink and you should as well but always remember never get too drunk to jerk tendrickminimum.com
For the Billy Hour, let me bring everybody back in here. Boom, boom, and boom. Everyone has returned. Uh, we just had Ashley and Biggers on. She did a book, Secret Albuquerque, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. I'm hearing like somebody's background noise. I don't know. There's like a hum. Anybody hear that? A hum? Mm. No? Smiley's humming. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so on a serious note, and, uh, you know, I want to do this because some people hit Holly up about this and, uh, you know, she, she didn't really want to speak for the show, which is, you know, I understand that and I'll do it. Um, there's something that happened. So we had a guy named Max Baptiste on the show. Uh, two years ago, and he came on to talk about a thing called We Are This City. Um, it has come to light in the last week. So we, we did talk to him on the show, and we did we did find out that he had made a, a video game that was a porno video game. We didn't really dwell into the video game too much. Um, but it came to light this last week. Someone posted images from the game, and there's several racist images and homophobic images in the game. Um, misogynistic misogynistic as well well. um within within finding that within the hour of finding that out we pulled both episodes that max was in from our 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 you you can't download them anymore we took the youtube videos down we do not um condone any of that and people actually attacked holly and said well how did you not know about that well let me let me tell you when people come on the show and they're local you know, you can Google them all you want. It doesn't tell you everything. No. You know? And we were having... And the video you know, game was made under a, an LLC name that we didn't know. Yeah. Actually, when he first came on the show, I had no idea he even did a video game until he brought it up on the show. Didn't buy the video game. Never played the video game. Um, and If it's not Luigi's Mansion 3, we're not interested. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> if it's not Animal Crossing, I don't know what, what is, you know? But... Um, <laughs> Let me say this, you know, if you're if you're attacking us for not knowing, like not asking and not finding out, you know, he also did interviews with the Alibi and several, you know, several local TV stations. You know, those are real journalists. And if you're if you're mad at us, we're podcasters. We're you know, he came on to talk about we are the city and that's what we talked about, you know, and, you know, if, if you're upset that we didn't know that there was, you know, all these things, you know, hit me up. I don't give a shit. Talk to me about it. You know, and I just want to say we didn't condone it. And we, we took those down immediately. 
and I, we were not happy about it. I didn't take it down because I was like, oh, this will this will be bad for us. No, I took it down because I didn't like what the fuck I saw. That's what yeah. happened. I saw the images and I went, ooh, that's fucking terrible. And I was like, this this is awful. And he has since been uh, removed. F- uh, he no longer works for the city. He no longer works for the airport where he was the uh, um, art. Uh, I can't think of the word. Curator. Curator. Was, uh, and he has stepped down from We Are the City, so he's no longer a part of any of it. So there we go. That if if if, you, if that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what will. We did what we you know. <laughs> you know. Well, and you know, I got attacked because I shared the posts that we saw. Yeah. Um, if we felt in any way yeah. like. Yeah, I'd know, I know. I would. Know. Yeah, I wouldn't have had him on. You know. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have shared yeah. that post if no. I thought that we condoned it or you know yeah. whatever. No, um, you know, and but me- he got what he deserved. Immediately so. we pulled everything, so you know, you, you can only do so much, and you know if I you know a lot of times when people come on this show, I try to make it very organic. Uh, and I try to do some, you know, we, you know, we do what we can research wise, but if you, if you do too much, you get very, ro- you know, it becomes very robotic. And, uh, yeah. so, you know, I try not to do too much, but then again, I Googled after all this happened, I Googled them and you wouldn't have found any of that shit anyway. No. So unless you really, I would have had to have gone and bought the game for 30 bucks and played it and then went, Oh my God, this is fucking terrible. You know, I, I don't know where yeah. the person got the screenshots from, but. You know. Oh, it's on Pornhub, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, there you go. So. You can Smiley. see videos of gameplay <laughs> okay. on Pornhub. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, all right. So there, there's that. But it's not under his name, to be of clear. Cor- of course not, yeah. Yeah. So. You really would have to go looking for it, and I didn't I didn't go looking for it. <laughs> so. We didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, actually, Smiley did not do any of the research. That's what Smiley actually does in the show. He's our research person. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just me. kidding. He is not. He's, not. He's just <laughs> like the rest of us. We're just doing a podcast. We're just, you know, it, we try to be entertaining. And we in no way, shape or form knew any of that stuff. So, yeah. So if any of our fans in Uganda uh, right. were, <laughs> we don't want to upset our bigger demographics. Right. Yeah. That that that's so weird, right? It's like we're the top five in comedy interviews in Uganda. I was like, "What the hell is that?" I was like, "Cool, that's cool as hell." I dig that, man. Uh, it's it, fun. Nicaragua yeah. as well. Uh, you know, well, we, we've uh, we've fallen a little in Nicaragua. Oh, oh, oh no, yeah. we're yeah. huge we're in Uganda, Uganda though. Yeah. Yeah. We're like the Beatles in Uganda. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 we get off the plane in Uganda. They're there, man. They're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Till they find so, out like that we drink alcohol probably and they're like, Oh my god, you know. <laughs> Smiley, it's been a couple weeks since I've seen you. I will tell you that the minute I heard about the shooting in uh at in like the old town area whenever the statue protest happened, I immediately thought of you. And then I think the week after that, uh you weren't there and I was like, Man, I bet Smiley was at that. Were you there? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. But it was your friend that got shot, right? Yeah, it was my friend that got shot, though. Yeah. 
That's wild. Yeah, I saw a lot of people that were there, like, uh, you know, with with AIDS. And I know that was a thing that you were doing for a while is you would have, you know, uh, supplies on you to take care of people if need be. And I was curious what your exposure was to that event. Uh, well, right after it happened, uh, thankfully, my roommate is he can find anywhere, anything, anywhere on the Internet. Like, so we we spent like the next probably six hours going through every single bit like as it was happening and everything find and like analyzing it and because you know we had the day off there's not a lot else to right do. that's what i was on our mind huh. and so before like any any um stories came out about it we already knew what had happened but like we watched like two entire like hour and a half footages of it and we're all that like threw down three different girls right yeah 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 yeah. and yeah. got in a fight with two different men and then finally he happened to be next to a skateboarder who was like whoa that's not how you treat girls and just yeah yeah i don't know if you guys saw the breaking news that uh is coming out i guess if you're not on facebook you, you probably aren't seeing it but the uh, legislators in the state of Mississippi have mm-hmm. agreed to, to remove the uh, Confederate flag from their state flag. Yes. yes. And you. if you've ever been to yeah. Mississippi, you'll understand that that's actually a really big fucking deal. Like they, that's a huge it's deal. Big. You know, I was, I was uh, reading a little bit of um, you know history on the Confederate flag, uh-huh. and I didn't realize that the one like the rebel that everybody sees is not is no. was such an obscure flag right. that most of these states. We're not flying it. Most of these people right. never had that flag. And a lot of these people that lived in these southern uh, areas may never have seen that flag in their entire life in the Confederacy because it was like a very specific one used by a very small group of people. Yes. And yeah. uh, like a lot of people that are trying to say that this is their heritage probably don't even realize that their ancestors had probably never seen that flag right. before in their life. Well, and, and I'm going to defend uh, a little bit, like not the flag. I'm going to defend the state of Mississippi. My parents lived there for a couple of years and I would go and visit. And the weirdest thing for me was, is I assumed, you know, as one does when you've never been to a place that when I went to Mississippi, I would see the rebel flag, the Confederate flag everywhere. Correct. You know, Mm -hmm. you think that, right? You don't, you don't see it everywhere. It's not like, you know, they portray, it's not like, you know, Trucks driving around with it. Like, you probably see it more in New Mexico. Trucks driving yeah. with it, flying behind. Now, the only time you did see it was on, like, a state monument as they were flying the state flag. And I and I was just kind of blown away. I was like, okay. So I honestly thought I would see it, like, everywhere. So then we traveled down to the panhandle of Florida. Yeesh. And it was exactly what i thought mississippi was going to be well that's because it's florida yeah (laughs) that's the south to the south and it was like you'd go into a convenience store you go into a convenience store and you know how like you walk up to pay and they just have all the little like like tchotchke stuff like the lat you know the impulse buy it would just Mm. be a hundred percent that like magnets stickers these colors don't run and it was just full throttle but in Mississippi, I never saw that. And I traveled all over like the southern part. Louisiana, never saw it. 
But Panhandle of Florida, fucking everywhere, you know? There's a lot of things you see in the Panhandle of Florida that you don't oh, want to yeah, see. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about something. It's literally America's armpit. Just look at how it's <laughs> yeah. shaped. Very true. Very true. So I want to talk yeah. about uh, something. Guys, I have fallen in love. Full throttle, 100% in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a month ago, I went online and I ordered this electric skateboard and it came in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> and it is fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so badass. I love it. So in love. (laughs) I've been, I got it last uh, Wednesday and I've been writing. I made that video that I played at the break. I've been writing it all over downtown and I get the craziest looks from people. (laughs) Because they'll see like a big longboard and they go, okay, guy's riding a longboard. And I'm not like kicking and and I'll just like be at a stoplight and just take off. And they're just like, what the hell? (laughs) craziest looks i was surprised at how small that like motor is it's just it's so subtle well that's not the motor the motor's in the wheels interesting okay it's like like the receiver yeah okay yeah and it it goes up to 25 miles an hour speed wise which sounds not like a lot but it sure as fuck is let's just say i go i'm up to 12 miles an hour (laughs) And then it starts, I get the wheel wobble, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to die today, I guess. Huh? Oh, sorry, James. What's that, James? You get a lower your center of gravity. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a and tall you person. And grasp onto the edges to help you turn. Okay. You know, I'll let you ride it, and we'll see how that ha- how it works. <laughs> um, it'll go up to 14 miles on a charge. And, uh, man, it is so badass. That's actually really impressive. Yeah. 14 miles. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. That's cool. And How I'm, long does it take to charge? Three hours. If, for, oh, that's for, not bad. From, from like dead to, you know. But, dude, I got I ordered it from China. It got here and it was full. Full battery. Wow. I took it out of the box. Full battery. I was like, holy shit. So I haven't, you know, I don't ride it long enough. Like, there's nowhere far enough for me to ride. Like, you know, 14 <laughs> miles sounds like not a lot. Dude, 14 it's miles a is a good distance in a city like this. I rode it from – so the farthest I've ridden it is I rode it from my house to um, Park Central Hotel. Wow. And the one thing you do realize, the difference is driving, walking, whatever, on the board, you realize what roads are shit and which roads <laughs> are fucking nice. And when I say shit, man, you like ride across like a block and you're like – well, now my calves are are numb, you know. It's like, brrr, and uh, no. go what? Go, James. No, uh, Sabrina would always ask me why I would take certain streets on my skateboard. Yeah, oh. and it's because they're smoother. Oh yeah, like they're smoother. I'm like, uh, yeah, I could take any street <laughs> down. I, I just love the looks though. People are like, what the fuck? They're like, that guy didn't even kick pedal. He's just driving. And then I've noticed James other people really that want one. What's that? James really wants one, so yeah. he can come ride mine if he wants to try it out. Okay. If he, you know. Uh, but then he's definitely probably gonna get. One. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think she wanted him to try it out. Oh, sorry. 
So, I don't, you know. So, Chris, I wanted to put into perspective really how far that is. Yeah. And I was like looking on Google Maps and like, trying to find something like a good distance away from you. Yeah. You could essentially ride from like your house to Century Rio yeah. uh, and back and still have like a decent amount of charge mm-hmm. left because that's only 12 miles. Yeah. Well, like 13 really? miles. Yeah. And there's people I've watched on YouTube, they'll get like 15 miles. Like it just depends. Like 14 yeah. miles is when you're like hitting. The, so it has three modes. It has uh, four modes. Sorry. It has, it has a mode one, mode two, mode three, and, and then turbo. Uh, I mostly ride it in mode one because, you know, I, I'm not crazy yet. Um, <laughs> but like if you put it in turbo, I've tried it. It, it all like 25 is the top speed. But th- those modes are how fast it gets to 25. Oh. And that turbo, man, it'll it'll if you not lean forward, it'll it'll jerk you. You're like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> it'll come out just, from under you. And it wow. just takes off and just doesn't stop for another <laughs> ten miles. It, it'll go, <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like you have the little hand remote. Um, do I have it? Right? And it has a little throttle, and it and it has like a, a force force feedback on it. Mm-hmm. So like you don't just like fucking jam it forward because that that's you know. That'd be like jamming your foot on the gas all the way, you know. <laughs> so it's also like a kill switch. Um, it has brakes. It, drop the remote. The stops. thing that right. Well, it, it's slow. It'll slow down. The thing that people don't know is it has brakes. Like if you hit oh. reverse, it breaks, and you also have to feather those. Like if you jam on those, you're flying off. Like <laughs> ah, you know? how many times have you fallen? Once, not not to the ground. I haven't gone to the full ground yet. I, I've skated. Okay. So, I mean, I'm a big guy. And people, you know, they're like, oh, he's a big fat guy. He doesn't really, you know, get around. And uh, I've roller skated uh, most of my life. I've skateboarded uh, big chunks of my life. And then when I bought this and I was waiting, it took him a month to get it to me. I, I, I pulled the longboard. I howled out and I rode it every day to get oh, okay. to get my balance back and, you know, get the muscles. Because you have, you have balance muscles, like, you know. Like if you yeah. sit on a exercise ball or whatever, you know, and so I got those all kind of in, uh, you know, back in order and they're not fully. But, yeah, I, I hit, I, you know, because the wheels are much bigger. They're like this big, you know, so you, you can run over some shit and it doesn't affect you. And the, 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 the deck is made out of bamboo, so it Ooh. really flexes. And that's nice. kind of your shock absorber. And uh, I've really been shocked, like how what I've run over and not like flown off, you know. But uh, you know, I have I, I flew off and caught myself once, so far. Knock on whatever, so bad. knock on whatever fake wood this is. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you this: like someone's like, man, you've been getting all the toys, and it's like you know I have the drone, I have the you know, GoPro, and I have this, and it's like, well, you know, I'm not spending money on going to the bar every night, and right. all this stuff gets me outside, and it's stuff I can do where I'm not with other people, you know. Right. And they were like, oh, well, that makes sense. So, uh, so far, like, I'll write, I have this backpack that I got for it. And it's like, it's like one of those backpacks where you open the top and it's just like a bag after that. Like, it's, you know, so if I go to the grocery store, I just can just put everything down in it and then strap it to my back. And, and now I'll go get beer, put it in there, you know, ride it. I've, I haven't been too buzzed riding it yet. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because it's crazy. You know? I, I wouldn't want to be like, Drunk and driving. Don't heavy. use APD more than they need to, man. That's very true. So I don't I know. I was driving around with those electric scooter things, and I'm like, yeah. I wonder. 
you know, just avoid major intersections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I always worry about, like I have seen a couple times where I rode up to a four-way stop and like I'm almost to the four-way stop and, you know, those people from New Mexico do the bullshit where they kind of like, they like slow down for a second and then through, you know? Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I don't think that guy would have even looked and just killed me, you know? So I'm very aware of that now. It's very like, so I kind of like, I'll drive up to a four way stop. And if a car is like right there, I try to like say, just go ahead. You know, always. I'd rather not be in front of you. And then people just, God, (sighs) largest pet peeve about driving and traffic in New Mexico. People here have no fucking idea how a four way stop works. So question, Most guys. goes first. So question. That's how it works here. I drive up to a four-way stop, and a person to my right gets there at the same time as I do. Who goes first? The person with the right-of-way. Yes. You do. And they'll sit there and be like, go ahead, go ahead. And they're like, no, you go. It's the fucking law. <laughs> you have the right-of-way. You're to my right. Yes. And they just won't do it. They just sit there. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, I've seen people stay at a four-way stop, both telling each other to go ahead. Uh huh. That's me because I'm getting mad crazy. because I like you know traffic laws. First of all, uh, I don't want to wear a mask because you know you can't tell me what to do. Uh, well, we tell you what to do every day, and it's called traffic laws. You have to drive on the right yeah. side of the road. You know you can't just weaving around and drive on the sidewalk. But there are laws, New Mexico. Like that's one thing New Mexico needs to revamp is how we how the how we uh, give people a driver's license. Yes, I don't know. Absolutely, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I you know we have the I worst don't. fucking drivers ever here. Yeah, I think you should get your license taken away if you wave someone through an intersection. Straight up, ever you should, <laughs> yeah. just, you should just, just fire a, a gun at them. Like drive drunk, you know we're a little <laughs> laxed on that, but if you wave <laughs> yeah. someone through a four way stop. You're losing it. I, I, it really angers me, and I don't know why. It's like, you're to my right. Go. <laughs> just no, like, this weird thing of, of Southern hospitality where everyone's just trying to be nice. Like, no, you're going to cause a car accident right. because that's not how it should go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't you're even not know. not being th- nice. You're putting my life in danger. Well, and then the other thing is, is like, just stop putting in the roundabout. We're not going to get it. We don't understand <laughs> no, that thing. We have no idea. We yeah. can't even understand turn signals here's, here. You think we're going to handle roundabouts? Here's what the, an, um, a, a regular New Mexican thinks of how a roundabout works. Oh, the guy in front of me went. That means I get to go. <laughs> that's, how, that, that, that's what we think. That's it. Like, not like, you know, that it's their turn or, you know, I'm free. I could go and they could go. It's the guy in front of me went. So the next four cars are going to go. No matter the if one out by the casino gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> it's like the one at uh, Route 66. I'm like, yes. oh boy. Yeah. Nobody yeah. gets it. No one gets it. I no know. one. No one gets it. Nobody gets it. There's. It's just. There's no warning. It's really yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. It, it's confusing. I always I end up going around it. What's that, right? I enter it, I bully all other cars out of my way until I can exit when I need to. Well, that's that's how we do it, right? The other thing too is like I have the roundabout over here, and sometimes I'll go to Java Joe's. Well, you drive into the roundabout on Central, and Java Joe's is like the third, the third street connected to the roundabout. So I'll drive into. Uh, it's my turn. I'm in the roundabout, 
and people automatically assume I'm I'm going to just keep going straight down Central, and they'll just cut they'll, they'll just like cut me off in the in the thing, and I'm like, you know, because I'm going to the third street, you know, and it's just like you fucking assholes. It, but just, we don't need know. it. And my assholes, I mean the person that put the roundabout in. Yes. We we don't get it. We're not we're not we're not good enough. Isn't the deal with the roundabout that it's not necessarily that it causes less um, accidents, but that it, well, I guess it does uh, less accidents, but people are um, less likely to have like a fatal car accident. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, Ray. I don't know about that, Ray. I've seen some videos of people who don't understand the roundabout so badly. They just keep going straight over it. Yeah. 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 I mean, (laughs) those are insane where they just ramp over the roundabout. And you're like, oh. And it's funny because, like, I've seen, like, many of those. <laughs> There's, they like... are hilarious. Yeah. I'm just gonna, Like, that one, I think. I don't know. And you're just like, holy shit, man. How do you guys not get that? How are you... So, how's everybody doing? Oh, doing pretty good. I was actually just about to ask you guys. I'm a little late on this, mm-hmm. but have any of you guys checked out the Watchmen series? Yes. I oh, have yeah. not but Hamster has. I know where you're going with this, too, probably. Yeah, was, well, I mean, just or still free. say that again. I said it was free this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I think it still is. Yeah, it's uh, I was watching it on HBO Max. I was able to get that through uh, Hulu and um, it, it's pretty. I mean, it's just crazy how this show came out in October of last year. Yeah. And it's possibly more relevant now than it was than then ever been yeah. it's wow. so crazy so yeah. whenever everybody started talking about the Juneteenth thing and they started talking about Tulsa I was like oh yeah, yeah Watchmen mm-hmm. and, and like whenever I was watching Watchmen I at first was like the thing that's really fucked up about history and learning about it like growing up they leave so much shit out and like so it, it after that first episode I actually went and read a whole bunch of shit about mm-hmm. it yeah and um, I don't know about you guys but the the town of Tulsa in the last two years has come up more than any other city in conversation than yes. any, any uh, like everybody. I'm just like, why is, you know, you ever have that where you're just like, why does, you know, why does that keep becoming like a thing? Yeah. And right. like, you know, it, it, you know, someone was like, oh, the, you know, my friend went there for work and then someone's like, oh, you know, Tulsa is like the Austin of like Oklahoma. And then, you know, I watched Watchmen and it, that, that, you know, they had the, that Tulsa, what is it, what is it, what is the actual um, thing called? It's like the Tulsa Massacre. Tulsa or Massacre. Yeah, yeah, it's the Tulsa Massacre. And, you know, that was just crazy. Like, because it's just unbelievable. You're watching it and you're like, so they just went into this area and just killed everyone. Tulsa Race Massacre. Yeah. And yeah. they were like flying over and just shooting them with planes. And you're like, yeah. And so what's it's even crazier? Oh, sorry. By the name Greenwood Massacre mm-hmm. and the Black Wall Street Massacre. That's, yes. Yeah, the Black Wall Street was, yeah, that's right. Um, I think the, the thing that's even crazier to me than, like, I mean, obviously what happened is crazy and horrible, but it's crazy to me that a lot of people, myself included, were never taught about that right, in of school or made aware of it i learned about it as an adult mm-hmm. and i i just can't believe how many people haven't even heard about it well i mean to be fair about that you live in new mexico how much new mexico history did you grow up learning right yeah 
True. I mean, That's I didn't. I didn't. But then I went to college and I specifically took New Mexico history, and it was really eye-opening. Yeah. And so then, when all of the you know all of this started happening, right before the Old Town thing, I I actually brought it up. I said so. Like I was I was re- reading through someone's like Facebook thing, and I said, at what point? are we going to look at Albuquerque and maybe not call it the Duke city anymore? And yeah. someone was like, well, it's called the Duke city and the Duke and Duchess still visit here. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you understand what I'm saying here. The, yeah. you know, the, the Spanish, um, conquistadors. I mean, Spain came here just like, you know, England came to the United States to conquer and, you know, reap the riches and rape and pillage and God, golden glory and they don't, they don't really teach you all that in, like, elementary and junior high and high school. But when you get into college, you start learning about, like, how awful the Spanish were when they came here. They landed on the shores of Mexico and the Aztecs and the Mayans. Like, they didn't know, like, or, you know, the native, they didn't know what a horse was. And it's or, not, yeah. or a body, like, metal armor or white skin yeah. like all of this was so yeah. foreign to them they thought that he literally was a god yeah. and then they use that yeah. to just murder and rape and steal the gold and so it's disgusting yeah and so it was really interesting to me like you know how many people are like just ignorant of like all of it and they're like why are they ripping down the onyote statue statue and i'm like because they're terrible people you know yeah it's it's not yeah. somebody we were just talking about this with a friend of ours about, you know, all the statues mm. like Mount Rushmore. Yeah. You know, that was a sacred mountain. Right. That Correct. Yeah. Demolished, not only demolished, but then put a bunch of white men on there yeah. who, you know, arguably did horrible things. Mm. Well, um, go to. You uh, know, and, oh, go ahead. When are we going to stop idolizing or treating these people like they deserve to be idolized? Well, okay. If you think that one's bad, go to or Google Stone Mountain in Georgia. Oh, jeez. Right. Is, is that the name of Stone? Is this? Yeah. I think that's what it's called. And, yeah. uh, you know, you have, you have, you know, the city of Atlanta. Um, is it Stone Mountain? It's the one that's big. Uh, let me see if it's monumental. Yeah, it's Stone Mountain. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, and so you have, you know, you have the city of Atlanta, and you know, Atlanta's Atlanta's like, um, you know, mostly a black city. I mean, it is. It's like population wise. And then you have yeah. Stone Mountain. It's like right outside the, you know, the the city, and it's just it's like their Mount Rushmore to the Confederacy. Outside Ugh. of outside of uh, Atlanta, I mean, it's just all these Confederate like. Uh, you know, Whoa, generals. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm wondering the I'm, names that they have on, or of, of like who is on the mountain. Yeah. Oh, do they have I it? I mean, and I, I don't think anybody is saying that we should erase history, that no. we shouldn't learn about it, but we definitely shouldn't be celebrating these people. No. Like when you go to Germany, my parents lived in Germany for you five years. You don't see years. that. You sure shit don't see that. You don't see like statues of Hitler. As a matter no. of fact, places that Hitler built, there are some that are still there, the, but it's for educational purposes. What's there? And, and people and, are, like, people brought that up. They're like, "Well, this is still there." Dude, they left the they left up the, the the Holocaust camps, so they never forget that that happened. So you would never forget. There's there's also a building that we went to, um, that 
they kept some of the stuff, but they've now turned it into an agricultural museum. Yeah. And if yeah. you like, you have to ask them to see that. And uh, they make sure that you're educated about why the Nazis were terrible. They yeah. don't allow people dressed as Nazis to go to these things. Like they have preserved just enough, yeah. but they make sure that you're educated about why it was dangerous and why they never want it to happen again. And, and but they don't have statues of Hitler no, fuck just no. in the middle of town It's hall, actually a know? big sore, like, you know, when I was there, if you brought it up, they didn't get mad at you. But they got no. embarrassed. They're embarrassed. They're embarrassed. They were like They're upset. humiliated. And they were like, that was terrible. You know, they don't go, hell yeah! You know, they get really embarrassed no. about it. They're very embarrassed about it, as as any country should be. Yeah, you know, but yeah. Uh, did you guys hear that they just passed uh, something that's going to have the release of all the children that have been locked yes. up in captivity? No, uh, that uh, because of COVID nineteen, I guess it's it's too risky to have them locked up in these close quarters, and they're all being released to either Fine. family or. Well, that shouldn't custody. be the reason. The reason should have been because it's fucking terrible. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It should be because it's disgusting, but yeah. at least they're being released. And if you're yeah, listening to this show, Art Wrestling yeah. uh, had a, like a bunch of stuff that they were uh, selling and donating the money to like uh, lawyers and stuff that were trying to get some of these people out of cages. They're uh, they selling merchandise that cages are for matches, not children. And I, yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's great. Uh, and I'll and I'll say this right now: If you're listening to this show and you're upset about what we're saying, by all means, never listen to this show again. Yeah, no, we're not for you, and no. you're not for us. No, then. no, sorry. Yeah, I'm not sorry. Uh, uh, go fuck yourself. I'm never going to apologize for standing up for what I believe uh, is right. And uh, yeah. luckily, all of us on this page, uh, all of us on this show, are on the same page. Yeah. And I don't think any of us are going to be upset. You know what? If we get down to two people who listen to us, I don't care as long as they're the right kind of people. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, sorry. You know, it had to be said. And, uh, you know, the world's changing in a good way. Hopefully. Yes. You know, I mean, everybody's like, oh, man, it's really crazy times right now. And it's like, yeah, but, you know. Frederick Douglass said it, and I'm very paraphrasing this, without struggle, there's no progress. You know, and it's like, that's that's how shit goes, you know? And, yeah. uh, you know, everybody was like, oh, man, it's crazy the riots happen to you down where you live. And and I was like, oh, if my house gets fucking destroyed and everything gets better, awesome. I don't give a it's shit. It's a house. That's just <laughs> stuff, man. You just need some responsible people there that yeah. won't happen. Unless you fuck with my electric skateboard, then I'm a... It might be murder. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That's my escape plan. Dude, that's it. <laughs> I'm in love, guys. <laughs> same, same. I got really excited for a minute. I mean, I'm very happy that you found an electric skateboard that you really enjoy. <laughs> but you know, if I was in love with a woman, unless we were getting married, you'd probably never hear about it on this show. Well, we didn't know. Yeah. We were like, maybe, maybe secret proposal, COVID proposal. He's yes. COVID proposed. I wonder if that's a thing, you know? I, okay, I have a question that, that comes from the last hour. Okay. Um, what do you think our signatures are worth? Oh, if I don't know. Can sell her book for three hundred dollars with a signature. Yeah, what is that about? Do you think that? Do you think that really happened? Our I don't know. Are worth. 
Yeah, yeah. I I mean, you know what? Let's just sign some posters. <laughs> oh, right. any, 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 just grab some posters yeah, from the store. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can donate the money to a rightful cause. Right. I mean, we you know, need to yeah. like us. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I know I for sure would not pay $300 for my signature on anything. Fuck so. no. Well, yeah, your own signature means nothing to you. Well, first of all, first <laughs> of all, all the time on random things. Uh, okay. No, I mean, like, if if I saw someone like me signing something, I'd be like, okay, yeah, cool. People would have cool. me sign their T-shirts. I'd be like, damn, that shirt's worth less than when you bought it. Just yeah. <laughs> I just want to see like a wrestling commercial, like the old uh, Mean Joe Green one. Uh, uh-huh. Where Ray's like gets done with the match, and this kid's like, you know, and he's and he's like hobbling back to the back, and the kid's like, "Good job, Ray!" And then pops open a coke, and then Ray like takes off his like wrestling shirt and gives it to him. Do you remember that commercial? No, but I'm pretty oh. sure nobody wants my grimy. Like everybody was like, "You stink," because I, you know, grime up, and everybody thought that I smelled like garbage. But little did they know. I was using like vanilla coconut conditioner to make my hair look so greasy. I smell like coconut. So this is going to be super like low res because it's so old. But here's this: it's world, it's super famous commercial, the Mean Girl. But I'd like to see a a Ray version of this. You know. Uh-uh. I just want you to know, I think, I think you're the best ever. Yeah, sure. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. <laughs> no, no. Really, you can have it. Not okay. the Coke he usually has. Hey, not the whole thing. That's the right. See, and then you throw him your your shirt, your trash king shirt, singlet, and it's just I come back and I'm not wearing anything else. <laughs> you just pull it off. You just pull it off. You're just naked. Here you go, kid. Yeah. Then they you arrest go, you kid. for exposure. Yeah. <laughs> you all whoops. I just assumed you wore your, your your you know you also wore your shirts you know to the ring. I well I didn't, I didn't as the trash king. I used to uh, whenever we were brute sixty six. Yeah. Uh, but whenever I did the trash king, I never wore any of my merchandise because yeah. like I needed to show off all the garbage. Oh, uh, right. So, uh, question about that: Did you get more traction as the trash king or more traction as brute sixty six? Um, just different, you know, I got to do the Netflix thing because of the Trash King character, which more people probably saw that, but I think that I got bookings like much further away through the tag team division with Brute 66 and like, you know, Mosh Pit Mike has a pretty crazy following with all the deathmatch wrestling. So like whenever people would get opportunities to see us like in a tag, they would like try to, you know, put us up against their big boys as well. And it it was, it was fun to do. So I think that more people got a chance to see 
the trash king persona as a whole, but I think I wrestled more places with uh, with the tag team division. Okay. What about Which you? one did you have more fun with? I was going to ask that question. Too. Uh, just different fun. I had way more fun with the trash king character, like building it and like filming the videos. But I think I had more fun in the ring uh, doing tag team stuff uh, just because like maybe because I did it longer. I only got to do the Trash King character for like two years, really. And I was doing tag team for like six. So, you know, that's the the other comparison as well. See, Holly, I think when you come back to comedy, you need to be a heel and not a face. Yeah. Just come in and be like, what's up, assholes? And just yeah, like walk in. Roasting everybody. This is the worst I comedy mean- club I've ever fucking been in <laughs> in my life. Ugh, smells like I can smell the shit in the bathroom from I here. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I see your point. I, I hear you. Um, I just feel like I would not excel at that because oh. uh, I had to roast Kurt Fletcher when Kurt yeah. Fletcher moved away. I put together a roast okay. and it was my idea and I could not roast him. No, this is the worst comedy club I've ever been in. Uh, I hate people who start come. I can't see. It just gives me anxiety to be that mean. I can't. <laughs> All right. Okay. Y'all, yeah, sir. Like, I was roasting you, Chris. There you and go. talk about the drinks overpriced is the worst drink you've ever had. You're like, you know what I like about this crowd and this comedy club? And everybody's like, what? You're like, Nothing. And then just fucking go right into your shit. You know, they hired me for an hour, but I'm only going to give you guys five minutes. So. <laughs> How long did it take you guys to stand in line to buy tickets? Answer is too long. I think it'd be great. Stage. I think oh. it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just go full heel, you know. I, you know, I don't know, but I mean, I'll try it. Y'all, y'all. My name's Holly, and uh, what state is this? Oklahoma. Maybe you guys should rename it to the Dump. You know, just fucking straight up, <laughs> straight up, go right into full, full heel character. Yeah. There are comedians like that, <laughs> right? And I do not find them very entertaining. Oh wow! All right. I'm sure they're having a good time, though. I mean, yeah, they also happen to be some of the biggest jerks I've ever met. Like, I don't they think really it's are. an act. I think oh. they're really just shitty people. Yeah. But if you shed a tear after every single show. Yeah, you all. It was all next. Well, I mean, I mean, news. let's go with who's in the news right now. Uh, our, our our good friend uh, of Albuquerque, Crystalia, he was a fucking uh, asshole. I have things to say about this. So, okay. First of all, when that came out, I thought it was funny. Not funny. It, nothing about it was funny, mm. but. It was interesting because we had Kurt on and we were talking so much shit. And then I get a message from Kurt at like midnight one night. And he's like, did you see the news about Delia? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no. Whoops. So I look and it was crazy. And I was waiting for my favorite Whitney Cummings to say something because they're really good friends. Not no more. Like, really good. Not anymore. She she did not hold back. Mm-mm. But then two days after that, maybe more. It came to my attention that Joey, dang it, uh, Joey, 
Diaz? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really follow him that much, but he was on Bro Rogan's podcast, and he made a joke about he never hires women to do comedy, like to feature for him or to open for him, unless they give him a blowjob, and Bro Rogan laughed so hard at it. And I tweeted out, and and all of our sentiment, like all the female comedian sentiment, is it's not just what Uncle Joey said, it's the laughter afterwards. Mm. You know? Like, if you're thinking that's funny, it's fucking not. It's not funny. I'm over it. And also, stop asking the female comedians how they feel about this stuff, because you know how we feel about it. You know we hate it. Why don't we start asking male comedians how they feel about it? Well... I'll get off my soapbox now. If you go on YouTube, too. So for people who don't know what's going on, Crystalia uh, came to Albuquerque and had a rough time. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I get it. Like, the fans probably didn't treat him too well. Wasn't there. Don't know what happened. But he went on several tirades, shitting yes. all over Albuquerque. Went on uh, several podcasts, shit all over Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, then came and back. Of well, hold on. Then, then came back and filmed fucking movies here. Yeah. Go fuck yourself for coming here to film movies, you asshole, if you hate it. Then went back, shit on it some more because he's like mm-hmm. talking about how there's nothing to eat here and how it sucks because you don't know what you don't know shit. Then he went and you know, yeah. then they found out he likes to, you know, hit up underage women. Oops. He was grooming 16 year old girls and his statement that he made was so like not an apology. He said he didn't know that yeah. they were underage and <laughs> I don't know. Guess what's shittier than uh, Albuquerque pedophilia. Yeah. Big time. For sure. Oh, I was uh. so Oops. yeah, it's been a fun, it's, it's a fun time. And to then, be a female and then now, comic. and then now you go on YouTube and all the, all the comedian podcasts are doing, uh, reactions that they had no idea and well and if you watch brandon brandon schwab Schwab, Schwab, uh he's not that great anyway but he's really good friends with delia and there was a compilation video of like a lot of times them joking about him hitting up young girls so you can't tell me they didn't know oh dude you can't tell me and some of them, like whenever he found, like there's one that's amazing on YouTube where he they find like he they're talking about Snapchat, oh and, yeah, and it's the first time he realizes that someone could take a screenshot or or save your video, and he's all and his body language <laughs> yeah. changed. He's like, oh, whoops, yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. He's disgusting. He's canceled. I just wanted to uh, follow. I didn't really. I mean, I know everybody's talking about it, but I just wanted to talk about it because you know how he shit on our town so much, which is fine. Oh yeah, it's I, awful. I'm fine with it now because you know don't you know you don't ever have to come back now for any reason really. No, so. I mean that beef is never going to be squashed from our side because we don't like pedophiles, dude. No. We don't so, want you here. We don't want you here. But yeah, someone uh, someone said in the chat the Crystalia situation is so hard to take in. I. Uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I mean, that that's the thing. It's like, you know, like with the Max situation, you know, I've hung out. We've we've all hung out with Max. And like, honestly, I, I had no idea. I mean, you know, he was a fun guy to hang out with, you know, randomly. But like when it all happened, I was like, oh, well, shit, you know. And then I had people that were like, well, he would never make that video game. He, He would never make that video game now. 
And I was like, well, still for sale, still making money, you know? Yeah. It's no longer. He's still making know. profit, so. so he hasn't taken know. it down. He hasn't said sorry for it. Right. He hasn't said anything. Right. So. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and, you know, Ray, Ray, well, Ray wasn't even part of the show. You weren't part of the show yet when he was on the show. Were you, Ray? No. No. So, so you know, Smiley was. Smiley was there. I, I was there. Did you know? So, Smiley, did you see all the stuff that happened? Like all the, the posts from the video game? No. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll send it to you. It's pretty, no, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Uh, I, I would have been... I was surprised that he actually got into anything legitimate at all. Like, I met him when I was, like, 16. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. 17. Maybe oh. I, did, I don't know. And he was so did they surprise him. you that he, like, that there were allegations against him? Or was it kind of like, eh, he's kind of... I just assumed he grew out of that. No, it didn't uh, surprise okay. me at all. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Well, yeah, and then there was people who tried to defend him in the feeds, and the one guy, yeah. one guy, first of all, if you're going to defend somebody, man, <laughs> say nice things, <laughs> you know? This guy <laughs> yeah. was like, this guy was like, well, I actually have choked Max in the street with my bare hands, but, yeah. but he's but. a good guy. <laughs> like, oh, wait a second here, why were you choking him in the street, you know? Yeah, I want to hear that story. Like, right. what happened there? Yeah. Uh, I know, it's been an interesting... questionable things that require him to get choked out. Yeah. There's so. a, Albuquerque has those characters, though. You're just like, you know, people are like, what's that guy about? And you're like, yeah, he's okay. You might punch him in the face every once in a while. But, you know. Yeah. You know, I could name a few. Like, but, yeah. I have like a laundry list of people that I keep a close watch on. <laughs> right. You're like, people are like, you what know. about that person? They seem okay. And you're like, well, I don't it know. how much they drink. Yeah. Some of them. Right. Wow. You're all, we're, so, we're you still know. waiting on, uh, you know, to see what allegations pop out, you know? Yeah. It's pretty interesting. And like, even like now, I don't know if you've seen this, Ray, like the uh, wrestling industry is getting work like getting like blasted Jack speaking out a speaking lot of people out. are telling their stories yeah. mm -hmm. and it's, i think it's good that yeah. we're draining the swamp of all these people well and know? then and then there's like this one dude in uh, impact wrestling his name is joey ryan like the, like people are like shocked i was like you're shocked one of them okay everyone here has probably seen the guy he has a uh, uh, videos of when he's wrestling and one of his big moves is is people go they like the, the other wrestler will grab his dick and then he'll flex and it supposedly like latches onto their hand and then he like flips them with his penis you know and like people oh. and like people have reposted the videos over and over and they're like if people say wrestling is fake but have you seen this you know and then oh. like and then you're like and then when all this came out I'm like one of his moves involves his dick <laughs> you know Shocker, but yeah, it's hit like every what? every every major federation too. It's like awesome that it's coming out, yeah. But it's it's just weird that it like finally. It's weird how like it, the Me Too movement didn't hit the wrestling industry. And now it is. It's like what, what's yeah. it called? Hashtag speaking out. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I think every industry should speak out. I think it's great that now we're, you know, yeah. we're believing people and we're hearing stories and. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy time that we live in. And I don't mean that in a negative, bad way. It's crazy that we all have to stay in our house because we have this virus that uh, most of us believe is real because we're not retarded. Um, you know, we're, we're not flat earth. I feel like there's like flat, the flat earther thing has like grown into like, you know, COVID. Have you seen these people? Uh, I'm starting to believe this isn't a real thing. You know, uh, 500,000 people have died worldwide from just this, but it's not real. You know, and it's like, eh, yeah, I think, it is. I, I think in Texas, they now believe it's real. You see that? I mean, maybe. I Do they, they? They probably still think it's a conspiracy. Well, they, the governor doesn't. He shut all the bars down the other day. Oh, good. Yeah, because of how bad it's spiking. You know, it even spiking here. We're no longer in the green anymore. It's true. Yeah, it's spiking everywhere because nobody's paying attention. It's and that, dumb. Whenever I saw today we weren't in the green anymore, I got mad about it. Not because I'm like mad at people for going out i'm just mad i i just liked that we were like i was like we're doing something right we're doing right. something we were right. killing it for a minute well that's poor, why uh, poor choice of words holly stop people coming in for our, our largest trade which is tourism we're like don't yeah. come to new mexico right well i mean we were doing really good till people came here to vacation well do you, i don't know if you know this though people are buying houses here at a rapid rate yeah because yeah, the housing market is it buyer's market right now but do you know where they're buying them from california oh god gross. Oh, yeah, yeah. i called it man i said as soon as these studios start opening up here people will buy the house they are gonna so i'm hearing stories from realtors that they're 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 putting a house on the market and selling them within 30 to 45 minutes wow my friend the other day put her house on the market and they had six people, six people look at her house because that's the maximum. Like you can't. So when you show a house off now, you can't have an open house. Yeah. You can't have. Oh, we lost Ray. You can't have other people there. So you can only show it off, which is a big tactic in the real estate industry is to have another group there. They're, you know, like a shill. That's like there. They're like, oh, we love this house. We should put an offer in so that it like makes the other people, you know, feel the pressure and be like, oh, we're going to put an offer in. So they can't do that tactic. So in one day, she had six people looking at it. She are, this is the second time she had tried to sell the house. They took it off the market last year because they had trouble selling it. And then Wednesday, she put it on the market. By the end of the day, sold. I mean, I'm happy people are selling their yeah. houses, but also. Yeah. Just let me tell you guys, when you move here, a lot of a lot of medical waste in the streets. Yeah. Car fires. All the time. Know, bullets flying through your house. So don't move here. We haven't lived through the hantavirus yet. Right, man. We got the hantavirus. We can get the plague here. You can get the plague still here. Plague, H1N1. New Mexico's uh, a wasteland of, of hell. So don't move here, <laughs> just by the way. <laughs> Worst, also, Rio Rio Rancho, don't to Rio Rancho either. worst sunsets you've ever seen. Just oh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> random fires. Random fires. Not just car fires. Random oh, fires. Random. People just run up and light other people on fire here. 
all the time. <laughs> and people walk by with a glass of water and not mm-hmm. dump it on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Spontaneous yeah. combustion really yeah. is what you see a lot of. Yeah, right. it's crazy. Seen, yeah. Have you seen Roadrunners yet? They the food, really will lead you into a brick wall. Yeah. And then Amanda says yeah. that the food is awful. You'll hate it. Hate it. I'll describe New Mexican food as bland. Yes, very bland. And uh, and a a slight hint of dirt. Yes. Just so you know. The whole place smells like cat urine. Oh, yeah. Roadrunners really are velociraptors. I Um, mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's a daily it's a daily fight from you know ingesting the 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 smoke from the tire fires. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like Springfield, uh, where the Simpsons live. Yeah. They have their big tire pit that yeah. burns all the time. Uh, if you've seen the movie RoboCop, pretty much that that's the city of Albuquerque. Yeah. It is. It was based off of our city. Mm. Yeah, our city is like the underground and demolition man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah, don't come here. Terrible. (laughs) 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 I I told somebody that I tell them I always say that, and they're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause I don't want, you know, I love the, you know, I love the untouched, you know, awesomeness that we live in, you know." Where we are selfish with our love of the place we live. (laughs) Medical waste, random blood pools. Yes. Like, is that so human blood? Is that animal blood? I don't know. We don't know. Probably both. The funnest part is we're not even making this up. <laughs> that's a that's a dog blood, human blood, and a little bit of oil from a lower. Sadly, air. actually, won't talk about those parts in her book. She's really missing, <laughs> you know, the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you. I'll let you guys uh, borrow this book. It's actually pretty good, you know. I was, cool. uh, you know, because you know, that's like how New Mexican is. You're like, oh, you wrote a book about uh, secret stuff in Albuquerque? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff in it that, like, there's a lot of stuff in it that, uh, you know, I, I knew about. But, like, that to say I knew about it, it's not really fair. Because, I mean, not, you know, I go to my way to, you know, go to, I, I think all of us kind of do. Ray probably does, too. And Holly, I'm sure you do. James, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. I just grew up with it. <laughs> right. But, you know, going to the um, Old Town and, you know, Nuclear Museum. But then, like, the one thing, I don't know, I, 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 was, I thought about asking her about it was, like, Tinker Towns in it. And I'm like, that's not really Albuquerque. I mean, I guess it is. I don't know. Yeah, I like Tinker Town, though. I do, too, but it's, like, Cedar- It's not Albuquerque, but it's right. Albuquerque adjacent. Uh, that's true. That's true. But it's not in Rio Rancho or anything. Yeah. If uh, if Amanda Michonne is still uh, uh, watching, uh, if you make any more treats, I definitely would uh, wouldn't mind getting some of those. Oh, Amanda treats are the best. Pretty amazing. So I've only heard. Uh, so you know, Amanda, I would like to try said treats. Yeah. She ba- <laughs> she brought me fresh baked bread and food when I got out of the hospital. She's such a sweetheart. Where I'm from, Tinkertown was every field trip for me. Yeah. Nice. I know Tinkertown's dope as shit, actually. It is. Yeah. Like the coolest thing about Tinkertown, like, well, I mean, there's a lot of cool things. Like you go to Tinkertown outside, it's like outside of uh, uh, Albuquerque. And, uh, you know, there's like 
I love how like they have the little things you could put coins in and they work. But I thought yeah. the yeah. I thought the boat was the coolest fucking thing. The boat is cool. Yeah, you know, there's this boat where some dude was like a Wall Street stock market guy, and one day he was just like, "Fuck this, I hate it," and sold everything and bought a boat and he like traveled around the world like eight times. Mm-hmm. And so they have like the boat, but then they have this map and it shows like every trip. And it shows like the good and bad things that happened to him. Like at one point he broke his ribs and you know, the the, yeah. the the diesel motor died or some shit. It's pretty awesome though. But it made it around the world like eight times, you know. I love that. Like place. I wish That's- that I, I don't know if that guy's still alive. That'd be a good guy to interview, right? I don't know if he is. I, I know the guy who started Tinkertown is no longer alive. I somebody I know it's their family that owns it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember but I think was. like the original guy. Yeah, I thought I read something somewhere. But. Yeah, the original guy, where everybody's like, "So what are you doing?" He's like, uh, "I'm taking these bottles and I'm you know stacking them and then putting concrete between them." And everyone went, "Hmm." I'm tinkering. Okay, uh-huh. all right. I guess I guess so. <laughs> you know, huh. I can't wait until I can take the the little one there again. She yeah. loves that place. But you know, but then it ended up being really cool. You know, all the. It's just like a big like museum of like dioramas, really, but it's amazing, you know. And some of them are automated, so it's really cool. And I, I want to say they have a Zoltan, is that right? Yeah. Zoltar. Zoltar. Yeah, Zoltar. Zoltar. I think it's from a dude. Where's my car? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. I don't know something. So, well, right on, man. You, you guys good? Anybody need to talk about anything else? No. Cool. Yeah. Everybody's okay. Everybody's safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're safe. We're okay. There's nobody off camera. I'm telling you, going like this. Yeah. No. I mean, no. Even if there is, I can't tell you that. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, do this. Yeah. You know, if so. Okay. Everybody's good then. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um. Does anybody else uh, have anything you want to promote? Not really. No. I will say this. Go to Ray's uh, Instagram. He does some cool-ass shirts for people. He does. Not for us, but for other people. He does some badass <laughs> shit. <laughs> also, check out Ray's grass. Oh, Your backyard yeah. looks great. It's coming in quite thick. It's on Pornhub. It's called Ray's grass. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Ray's lawn, guard, lawn and garden. Right. Yeah. Well, he's all, he's all <laughs> check out next week. I mow it. Well, I will. Uh, I will. I guess promote. Um, I'm going to be on uh, Royal and Friends uh, oh, yeah, next yeah. week, or I guess that on Friday. So um, keep an eye out for that. That'll leave only Smiley not to be on it, right? Yeah. So Billy was on. Oh, I, I want to talk about that real quick. So Billy was on it, and they asked him about ten drink minimum, and uh, it's pretty amazing because it's so not accurate. Like Billy's like, oh, yeah. At one point, like Chris and I move in together because he like lost his job, and I'm like, no, that's not that's not what happened. Not correct, you know. And he's just like telling like the the history of Tendrick Minimum from Billy, and it's <laughs> fucking awful, but it's funny in the same breath, you know. So, uh, when are you gonna be on Royal and Friends? Uh, Friday. Friday. Three. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, Smiley needs to get on there now, I guess. We gotta get him on there. You don't want to be? You're like, nah. <laughs> nope. 
Well, cool. I don't uh, really promote myself. It's my it's my least me. Uh, I probably should. Yeah. Just wait till you're like 60 and write a book like Tales from a Background Actor or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Be- I have way more things than that. Like, right. Yeah. Professional dance for 10 years. It's true. Been but, on city but, council. We got way cooler things in background work. Yeah. But will that? Yeah, but that's what people will buy. They're like, ooh, he's got the dirt. You know, it's all about the dirt. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be back next uh, Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. with another show. I want to thank Ashley M. Biggers for coming on and talking about her book, uh, Albuquerque, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. I actually want to get the 100 things to do in Albuquerque before you die and, like, just check it off. Actually, I want to take my longboard, and I want to, like, try to see how many of these I could travel to because it has, like, the good thing about her book is, like, it tells you the address of the places. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's actually very good. So and I'll I'll get the book to you guys so you guys can you know look through it because awesome. she only sent us one which is fair so very cool thank you guys for listening um, you can you know add us on social media tendrickminimum.com facebook.com um, you know Instagram all that shit follow Ray what's your what's your thing Ray uh, Basura Paint yeah. on uh, Instagram and Ray Basura everywhere else yeah. Holly what's your uh, I am at Holly Bird Comedy mm-hmm. on all the things. Cool. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the things. And that's Bird with a Y. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's Bird with a Y. Oh, and then if you guys, for all you motherfuckers out there that say more smiley, last week's episode, all smiley. So all smiley. go download that shit. You know, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Um, But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. With that, we are 10 drink minimum. minimum.